Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Dr. Franz Eidelman building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, them. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. Tonight we're going to be talking about the 1954 giant bug movie, Them. Them. Which widely is considered the best of the genre of that time, because a lot of them came out right along there. The best of them? The best of them, yeah. The best of them. <laughs> How about that? Is that better? Before we get into that, though, we have anything uh, we got to promote <laughs> that we're coming up? Well, we're going to be at uh, Monster Bash this coming week, oh, so if any of you folks yeah, no are going to be at Monster Bash, come say Monster hi. Monster Bash in beautiful Mars, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's what's the date? It's June 24th through the 26th, I think, or somewhere right around that, 2019. Yeah. Anyway, look it up online on the website, Monster Bash. Ron and his crew put on a really good show. It's all classic monsters and horror. It's uh, You're not going to see anything with Halloween or Friday the 13th. Or, or maybe very little. Yeah, very little of that stuff. It's all classic monster stuff. And it's, oh man, there's so much stuff there and they got so much going on. And it's a lot of fun. We've been two years and uh, we're going to keep going. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and of course we'll be time. there in the vendor's room set up selling stuff. So, yeah, selling you know, Rob's stop art. Stop by and say, hey, if you've. If you're going. Yeah, it'll be fun. But back to tonight's topic. Yeah, there were a lot of these movies that came out along that time, the Atomic Age, which I love. I love anything that has to do with that era. There's so much cool, kitschy stuff. But a lot of those movies, like The Deadly Mantis is another good one. Mm -hmm. uh, Earth versus the Spider or the Spider, Tarantula. I don't like that. No, you don't like the spiders. <laughs> I shall have nothing to do with the arachnids. Thank you. And though they're all uh they're all fun, this is probably the best all around one, I think. Well it's balanced, you know? It's just a a good solid movie start to finish. It really is. There's only one part for me that was a little slow. And that's you, when the you were scientist... bored with the stock footage of the ants. Yeah, and the <laughs> scientist explaining to you educating you about ants, yeah. how they do. But it serves a purpose in the film. It does. To give you an idea of why the big ants are doing what they're doing and where they're doing it. Yeah. So it really, it, it has to be there. And it's it doesn't, it, don't get me wrong, it doesn't kill the film. No, and it doesn't go on for a long time. It's probably only maybe a couple of minutes, really. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't drag the film. If I have to pick a point that it slows down, that's it. But the rest of it, I think, is a pace pretty good. I mean, it moves along at a pretty good clip the whole time. Mm -hmm. It keeps it interesting. There is tension. There's drama. Definitely. I mean, it starts off right at the beginning. There's a plane flying over the desert, and these two cops, and they're looking for, well, I forget, well, they get here, they get a radio about some disturbance or something anyway, but they're out there, and they're looking, and they find this little girl walking by herself in shock. Yeah. Can't be any more six or seven years old. Right. With a broken doll yeah. in her bathrobe, and she's just staring straight ahead, not speaking. Yeah, she's in, in shock. shock, yeah. And that whole building the tension with that slowly i think through that and you're like what the hell is going on mm -hmm. is done really well definitely and james whitmore is in this and he's the cop that finds her mm -hmm. and he comes across like he's really worried about this little girl you know and kind of takes it to heart of what's going on yeah and then they find the trailer the car and the trailer from 
Well, they find out that's where she was, and her parents are missing. There's mm-hmm. nobody there in the trailer. The one side of it's just ripped completely clean out. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you didn't know, we the viewer, if we didn't know it was going to be giant ants. Yeah. And if you can, like, put yourself in the mindset that you're with them at this point. Yeah, and you knowing, have no idea. It's a nice little mystery. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's played out very, you know, they're just feeding little bits of, like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know yeah. at one point, you know, then they, well, we don't need to go into the plot. I think it's pretty self-explanatory what the plot could kind of be here. But at one point, they are sitting in the police station and they're speculating, well, what could this be? And they say something about a psychopath. And, and I kind of giggled to myself because <laughs> I thought the destruction that happened and, and the building has been torn apart. Yeah. It looks From like a outside. freaking, yeah, it, it looks like a bomb yeah, has blown up. It wasn't caved in. It wasn't like a car hit it. No, it was ripped open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and I say it looks like a bomb blew up. It doesn't, there's no destruction from a bomb. Obviously it no. looks like somebody literally just pushed the wall out or something. So I don't know why that thought even went into someone's mind other than, you know, people are missing and people are dead. They don't know. But, they don't have. But they have no to, clue yeah. and no basis to to put this together. So yeah. you know, it, it is. It's a really good mystery with no basis in the science or the fiction. Yeah. To to put it together, so it was really it was done yeah. really well. It wasn't it wasn't farcical. No. no. You know, and, you it know, was my favorite. Thing it was about, good about these movies of this era, and up through the '60s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Horror movies, science fiction movies is. Whenever something like this happens, and they come in and they get well, General, it's giant ants. And there's none of that incredulous disbelief. You know, like today, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're out of your mind. What do you mean giant ants? You're like, giant ants? How did they get there? What do you mean giant ants? You know, mm-hmm. where are they? They're like, okay, what do we do about them? <laughs> yeah. Or like, well, sir, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. Well, let's get the men together. <laughs> let's go after them. It's not, it's not, oh, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. You know, yeah. it's not any of that. It's like, okay, let's take care of it. Yeah. yeah. I love that about these movies. You know? Well, I think one of the thing, and, and you're right, it's a, a product of the movie time or whatever, I yeah. guess, too. But, but in this one, at the beginning, they bring in the scientists and they refuse to say what it is until they're absolutely sure. Yeah. And of course, then. They're out in the desert and they're researching and an ant shows up and they kill it. And so now they have no choice but to say what it is because, well, yeah. it's right there in front of them dead. Oh, yeah. And they have no choice. The other guys have no choice but to believe it because it's right there in front of them dead. Yeah. So maybe there was no reason for them to be like, what do you mean, giant ants? This can't be true because they already had proof. Yeah. But in all these movies of the era. I'm no, I get about, it. You know, yeah. So. Um, but that scene, though, I'm glad you brought that up, because that scene where you first see the ant yeah. was done very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's building the suspense where you hear the sound, and mm-hmm. and it's like a little sandstorm there in the desert. They're yeah, I was goggles. getting ready to say that. That's great. And so they're looking around, and they can't, you know, they, where's it coming from? And the girl's off by herself just a little bit by the dune, the doctor, female doctor, Pat. And mm-hmm. the, the sound's getting louder, and all of a sudden she turns around, and the ant, the head, the, the fir- front legs come over that dune, and it's like, boom, sudden. And that was done very well. Yeah. It's almost a, almost a jump scare. Yeah. You know, another scene I liked too was where they're trying to bring the little girl out of being in shock mm. in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And she's just staring in space and they hold that, uh, what is it, the acid? acid. The, it's the acid that the ants produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, they, they found some of that acid there, but they don't know why it was there. So they're like, well, maybe this, the familiarity of it will bring her around. Yeah, the smell of the So they're putting it under her nose like smelling salts. Mm-hmm. And when she starts to blink her eyes a little bit, and then all of a sudden she just, her eyes go wide and she just screams. Yeah. You know, she doesn't come out of it slowly. It's like, boom, suddenly. And then she starts screaming them, them, and runs into the corner and hides. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that was like, that was almost a jump scare. Yeah. And it was, you know, I got a hint to the little girl. She pulled it off. Oh, yeah. She did great. And then we don't see her again. No, she's done. <laughs> uh, she They sent her to a mental institution because she went crazy. Yeah, I guess so. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did, poor kid. I mean, her yeah. whole family got killed because that was the daughter of the people that lived in the trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or not lived in the trailer. They were on vacation. Died in the trailer. Yeah, yeah they died in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Goofball. And then, enter. well, let's talk about the cast. Okay, okay? yeah, we skipped because right over. I mentioned There's James a lot Whitmore. of people. Yeah, and at this point, they call in specialists, whatever, and James Arness shows up. Yes. And other people in the cast, you got James Arness. Matt Dillon, of course. James yeah. Whitmore. I he said. did a really good job in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was I mean, I don't know that I've seen him in a lot of things other than Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon yeah. of course. Uh, Edmund Gwynn mm-hmm. was the main doctor in that. You know who Edmund Gwynn was? I do not. Chris Kringle in Miracle on 34th Street, the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. Onslow Stevens is in this. Fess Parker. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, you know, Davy Crockett. Striking man. Yeah. William Shallert is the ambulance attendant. He, no, uncredited. Okay. It's got a couple lines. Two more uncredited roles in this, and I, I, I you know, I forgot to look uh, for them in yeah, certain scenes. Yeah, you told me, and I missed them. But Leonard Nimoy is supposed a young Leonard Nimoy is an army sergeant. I don't know if he's got a line or not. But I didn't see him. Kind of in the background or something. And Dick York is one of the teenagers in one of the scenes, hmm. and I missed that too. Man, we're gonna have yeah. to go back and look again. Yeah, but there's a, a good bit of people in this, and they all play, you know, they all play their parts. Uh, very well. Nobody's chewing up scenery. Nobody's overacting. It's good and solid. Yep. It's, it's no wonder this one is, is I, I was going to say, beloved by so many people, but it is. This is the one of the giant bug movies that it's like almost everybody loves. Mm-hmm. And when those atomic monster movies or the giant bug movies of the 50s are brought up, this is the first one that people talk about. Now, spoilers. <laughs> James Whitmore throughout the whole thing is rock solid. He's, yeah. He's got a grudge against... Not so much a grudge, but he's got a score to settle with these ants for what they did to that little girl. And well, and not even just the little girl. So he's got survivor's guilt because he left one of his officers. Oh, at yeah, the, that's right. At yeah. the store and the officer ended up dying. One of yeah. the ants came back and killed him. So, he's so he felt like he should have he should have been there instead of the other guy. Yeah. So throughout the thing, he's right there going with the scientists and with the army guys. And he's going through making stuff happen to get rid of the ants. And then when they... They hear a report of two kids are missing, I think. Yeah. Is that how they first hear about it? I don't remember if that's how they first hear about it. The sewer tunnels and the drainage into the sewer tunnels. Mm -hmm. So they get the army guys and they go. okay, Right under L.A., right? Yeah, all under L.A., which explains a lot about L.A. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to go try to find the kids before they gas the ants or whatever. Yeah. Well, torch them. You can't gas L.A. Turns out flamethrowers work rather well on, on these giant ants. Yeah. So Whitmore... Ends up being the guy that finds the kids. You know, of course, he's one star of the movie. Yeah. And he crawls down this tunnel, he finds them, and he gets the kid. He's getting the kids to back up into the chute, and then one of the ants gets him. Yeah. And it's a surprise and a shock, because you're not ex- you're expecting him to make it. Yeah. Because he's the lead guy. Well, you know... It, you know? 
well, you're kind of expecting him to make it, but there at the last, when he's the only man that makes it down to those kids, I kind of thought, oh, he's not making it out of this. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Well, that since then, that but is before that, that has that has been replayed a lot in films. Well, that's true. But so maybe point, maybe if I had seen it, yeah. then I wouldn't have yeah. thought that. Seen but yeah, then? what? Seen them then? Seen? Yes, yeah, seen them then. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he has a little death scene there, and S finds him, and it's, it's good. You know, it's it's hand, it's not overdone, like I said, not yeah. super melodramatic, but it's it's rock solid. Yeah. And then it, it almost ends all of a sudden though, because they find the other queens in the tunnel there, and they torch them, and then boom, it ends. There's no, well, everything's okay now. Here's what happened, you know, or here's yeah. how things are now. No, it's like they torch them, and they have a little line still in the tunnel, and it fades to black. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Well, you know, it is funny because I saw this years years ago, and I I just had forgotten. I guess because I really only remembered, I don't know why, but I really only remembered the desert portion. Yeah. I think I had kind of forgotten all about the, well, that's the, the city portion. you see a clip from this movie, that's what that's you see. That's what you see. Is, so is I that. had forgotten all of the city portion of this. Yeah. So it almost felt like we moved to a whole different movie. Almost is like two movies. Yeah. You get out in the desert, and then when they start to go more cross country... Uh, and then find the ants in the tunnels in different places. Yeah. And you meet up with Fess Parker and all that. It's almost like another movie. It is. It is. I mean, yeah. and that's not bad at all. I just, it yeah. was weird because, you know, it. you've got two whole different elements. It's like you have to tackle this problem with two different answers. Because in the desert, you know, you're going to go after them and you're going to nuke the top, get all the ants to the bottom of the nest or whatever because yeah. it's hot. And then you're going to gas them and it's going to kill every, all the ants. Well, then they get down there and realize that a couple of the queens have hatched and escaped. Well, now they've got to find them. Yeah. Then they find them, and they've gone to a couple of places, but the one place they find the last one is in underneath L.A. Well, you can't gas L.A., you know, because it'll kill no. the people in the city. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to come up with another way to yeah. to kill them, and, you know, so they go about doing that. But, yeah, so it felt like two, com- not completely, but two different movies. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and it's, it's, but it was interesting because it, yeah. it was two different solutions, yeah. so it didn't get bro- boring. It broke up into like the first act, second act. Yeah. I know one thing that they carried out throughout uh, both both sets of the movie or uh-huh. both scenes yeah. in the movie was uh, the flamethrowers. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah. I like a good flamethrower. Well, who doesn't? You know? <laughs> and incidentally, those flamethrowers, I found out, were actual World War II real flamethrowers. They're not props or anything. Yeah. And they had a couple of actual World War II veterans in the goggles and the gear, firing them, using them. Oh, yeah. Who, they were guys that actually did use them in combat. So oh, they were wow. very familiar with how they work. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> very that's cool. That's good safety. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Somebody knows what they're doing. Get some experienced guys. Yeah. A couple interesting things also about this. Walt Disney got Fess Parker to be Davy Crockett mm-hmm. in the, those movies. But he wasn't the first choice. Uh, Walt had a screening of them, this movie, mm-hmm. to see James Arness. Oh. He had him in mind to be Davy Crockett? Crockett, but he was <laughs> so impressed with Fess Parker's portrayal. The uh, character that he did was kind of a country guy, you know. Yeah. And that, this is what got him Davy Crockett. Wow. Because <laughs> he's kind of playing that, that type of character in this a little bit. Yeah. You know? I never watched a lot of Davy Crockett. Well, there wasn't a lot of it. There was a like, uh, <laughs> how many parts? Seven part series? I have no idea. Anyway, it's it's good fun. 
Is stuff. It? Yeah, it's good live action Disney. Okay, well, by, let me say I never watched a lot of Davy Crockett. That probably means that I, I don't remember any Davy Crockett other than like <laughs> what he looked like. Yeah, so how's and the that? song. Yeah, and the song. Yeah, but <laughs> I may have seen it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's fun. It's you know, it's Fess Parker and Buddy Ebsen. Yeah. Another cool thing about the the special effects, which they just look pretty good mm-hmm. in this. I mean, of course, they're gonna look like fifties what the limits of the special effects were, mm-hmm. but they don't look super cheesy. The best thing is they don't show them completely most of the time. Right. And anytime you do see complete ants, you never see any more than three together at one time. And you never see them, you don't ever see the entire ant in motion, do you? I mean, when they're in motion, you only see like the first half of the body, uh, right? I do you so. ever see the whole thing? Maybe once it goes across the the camera do you but uh the reason you only ever see three at a time they only made three they only right made three. yeah <laughs> that's right they only made three full-size ones uh, that makes that's sense. all the budget would allow also this was supposed to be shot originally it was going to be shot in 3d oh wow and in color that would have been a neat 3d yeah well, movie. if you look if you watch it again there's some scenes there's for some it. scenes that were geared towards the, the stuff yeah. coming right to the camera yeah i could definitely see it uh but two days before they started shooting the budget got cut oh so wow. they had to shoot it black and white mm. and it was shot in the two camera process but the other the second print was never uh processed because of budget they decided not to go that way do you ever wonder what happened to it yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't research that far to see if it was destroyed or if it's still around. But the uh, the opening title is really kind of cool because that is in color. Mm-hmm. Just the letters. Yeah. You know, it, the movie's in black and white and then the words them comes on. Bright and, red. And bright red with a you know, blue highlight or shadow behind it. And it's just kind of, it's real striking because it is sharp, bright color against that black and white. This is definitely one. I If you haven't seen this and you like this era movies and or love this era movies like I do. Why haven't you seen this yet? <laughs> this is. A, well, I mean, this is one of the more commonly known ones of oh, yeah. of this type of film. If if you know anything about this particular genre, this is one of the ones you know. I think so. Yeah, and it, like I said before, any time that this type of movie, this era, is uh, mentioned, you always get that clip of the desert. In the desert where they first see the ants. Mm-hmm. And they show that. I've seen so many pictures of that in you know, monster magazines and in horror documentaries and things. This is the go-to movie yeah. of that era. This was, was the first. Let's narrow it down to giant ant movies. Not just giant bug movies because there's been other, a few. How many other giant ant movies are um, there? Well, there was, there's this. I've only seen this one. Empire of the Ants. No, you oh, saw Empire of the Ants. I did see we did Empire a podcast of the Ants. On that. I forgot. I forgot. How yeah. could I forget? Uh, there was another. Oh, what's that other movie called? Oh, that's killing me now. It doesn't have ant or anything in the title. Oh, I'm just drawing a total blank now. I'm trying to think of it too hard. Uh, 70s, and it was another one about uh, ants, giant ants taking over or something like that, or plotting. Like in Empire of the Ants. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be super intelligent or something, weren't they? I can't remember. Nah, I don't know. There's John Collins in it. Okay. <laughs> and Jacqueline Scott. Indeed. Friend of mom's. But this is the one of those, and there may have been a couple of those. I'm drawing a blank. God, I gotta, I'm going to have to look up that one. It's killing me now. Hey, if you know which one I'm talking about, <laughs> call <laughs> me out on it. Yeah, call me out on it on the Facebook page and let me know. It's, I'm just, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Yes. And I just cannot think of it. 
But, and I keep saying this, I keep repeating this over and over. It's probably getting boring. But of the of the giant ant movies, this is the one people talk about. They don't talk about the ones that came out later. Yeah, you you even forgot. <laughs> I did. I totally forgot about it until you said it. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah. Uh, there were more giant spider movies. Than I there didn't were forget giant those. <laughs> but yeah, in case you can't tell, I hate spiders. I'm sorry. I shouldn't hate them. I know they're they're essential. I just I don't <laughs> like them. Yeah, Phyllis is not a fan of the spiders. I'm not. I'm Giant they or can, small. They can live outside all on their own just fine. Just don't come live with me. <laughs> oh, this is pretty easy to see if you want to see it. You can get it on DVD or Blu-ray off Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Blu-ray is like under 20 bucks. Uh, I was looking it up a little while ago, and the DVD, actually the copy that we have, uh, is real expensive for some reason. Maybe the one it's just, we have is? Yeah. But I think it's one of those sellers that you have one left, oh. so the price always goes way yeah. high. But you can get the Blu-ray for, I want to say, under 15 bucks maybe hmm. at this point. And I, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I haven't checked, but yeah. it, a lot of these older movies like that are, especially the B, the B and C grade stuff, you yeah. know, the non-universal. Yeah, the copy we have is one of those two-packs. Oddly enough, it's the two-pack with uh, Beast from, Beast from 20,000 20, Fathoms. That yeah. we the last podcast on, yeah. Which in no way uh, influences to do this podcast. It was just we were trying to think of the next one, and I just kind of pulled out of the air. I'm like, well, hey, we hadn't done them yet. Why don't we do that? Indeed. You know? And here we are. And here we are. And hopefully you will be too. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that most people listening to this have already seen the movie. But Well, I think them is common enough. Probably yeah. they have. But if you haven't, I hope that you will after listening to this podcast, because that's kind of the whole point of us doing these is... <laughs> to bring to the forefront or expose some people to some stuff they haven't seen before and might be interested in. And there's been quite a few movies, though, also, that we have watched. And at the end of watching, it's like, mm, I don't know if we have a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> Maybe. Or that I didn't really care for that that much. And I don't want to talk bad about movies. I don't talk about movies that I don't like. Yeah. You well, know? we've talked about, you know, maybe we should watch some of the stuff that we've We've thought about watching and then say... Do a podcast do on, a podcast two, on two or three of them yeah. at a time. Well, you know, we did that at the beginning. Tony and I did we a, should. a couple of movies. It was oh, like, yeah. You know, we did uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein and uh, Werewolves on Wheels. Yeah. And that, that and might not be a like bad that. idea. And even if it's ones that we don't or didn't love, yeah. maybe we should, you know, discuss them too or just give our opinion. And a lot of the people that listen may have something different to say about it well, make us look and at just it in a different way we don't like it doesn't mean other people won't like it that's right like that one we watched not long ago uh how to train your rabbit oh that was really weird which we had had for years and just never got around to watching i had such high hopes that it was going to be one of those really quirky cult movies that i'd never yeah. heard of that i would end up falling in love with this and thing i was, really didn't no it, i mean it's it was a musical it was a bit of a musical. A bit of a musical, yeah. Had a few songs in it. Tommy Smothers, John Aston, Orson Welles. It had Come on. such potential. Yeah, it should have been really interesting. We had no idea what to expect. Yeah, none. Even with the description on the back. And it just kind of started and plotted along and never really did much of anything. And then it ended and kind of wondering, okay, when did it, oh, when did it stopping? This is the end? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very strange. Like even now, we only watched that a few weeks ago, and I barely remember some of it. 
It was yeah. very forgettable and just very boring. Yeah. But, you know, hey, if you want to watch it, I don't know. I, I don't know how looked, to get it. Yeah, I don't know. if The, the copy I got, I got at a convention, a bootleg copy, years and years well, ago. Because we had never heard of it before. Yeah. And Jim pointed out and said, oh, you got to check this out. Uh, I don't know if he had seen it or he had just heard about I it. I think he had seen it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll take your recommendation. Yeah. yeah. But well, if I mean, you get but a chance haven't... to see it, anybody out there, give it a watch and hey, let us know what you think. Because I'd be interested in, on other people's opinions of it. Yeah. We haven't really looked into if it's available. It could be on DVD now or it, it could yeah. be on YouTube or something. I don't know. It we haven't be. looked. It's a very odd movie. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I mean, World Wide Web has everything. So go look. Yeah. How to Train Your Rabbit, weird movie. This is uh them. Yeah, I'm I'm almost surprised. Well, no, I can't say I'm. I was I was gonna say I'm almost surprised there hasn't been a remake of this, but there have been other giant ant movies. So it's been similar movies like through in the seventies and stuff. Yeah, and ants aren't as creepy, creepy popular as spiders. Yeah, which there's been half a dozen or a dozen spider movies, giant or regular size, you know, armies of spiders type mm-hmm. things. And I'm kind of in a. I'm really glad there hasn't been a remake because I'm not a fan of remakes. I've always been of the mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been a few remakes that have been good. Yeah. But in recent years, and I say recent, the last 20 years, the glut of remakes that have come out yeah. are mostly pointless to me because they don't do anything, add anything, or it's like I've always been of the mind, just re-release the original. I would rather see that. The thing that I don't, well, I'm not going to go all grumpy old lady or whatever but do it no do it. <laughs> no the thing i don't like most about a lot of the remakes that are coming out now is it seems like they just take the name and make a movie around it and yeah. a lot of the times doesn't really have a lot to do with the actual thing you know whatever it well, is some do you know some of them do some do and but some, some don't. don't yeah i mean like look at death race yeah that was one they, of the, the ones. Ba- the, not even the basic plot. They just took the name of the movie and the idea that these guys had cars and they was a, and they were tricked out cars and had a race. Yeah. But nothing else was similar. So weird. But anyway, that, we we are not going to yeah. go on about that. It's just very odd. I'm sure there are ones out there that are are worth seeing. Let's see, there's another that one. Is not there's one another one them. we watched. The sequel. Mm-hmm. Death Race oh, 2050. Oh, so sad. Which was supposed to be a sequel to the original. It was a sequel. And Corman produced it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Because, you Corman's know, doing we it. love Corman. And we love the original Death Race 2000. Yes. And it starts off maybe the first 15 minutes. It's like, okay, all right, this might be pretty good. Yeah. Except for the Frankenstein's car and Frankenstein's costume and mask are just shitty. Yeah. Looking. Just blah. But you know what? We're going to give a lot because it's Corman. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, after that pretty decent start, the movie just kind of plods along and falls apart and it's just not any good after that. Yeah. It doesn't have uh, any of the political satire that the first one did. Yeah. And it doesn't, I don't know, it just, it takes itself too seriously maybe. It's just, I don't know, it's awful. Yeah. It just, it misses a lot Anybody of the charm. Anybody buy a copy on Blu-ray? <laughs> I got one. <laughs> That's so sad. Because I'll never watch it again, I don't it think. It makes me very sad Whether that it wasn't great. Whether I watch 15 minutes of it and turn it off, I don't know. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, we have totally gone off on a tangent again. It's what we do. That's all right. Anyhow, I don't know really that we have a whole lot more to say about them. We've, we've gushed on it. We've gone yeah, off I mean, on the good acting. It's a good classic 50s B 
sci-fi movie yeah. that everyone should see. Yes. And and Wilhelm scream. Oh, the Wilhelm screams in at least <laughs> a three lot. times. At least three times. Uh, and the movies from this era are so cool because you can, you know, you can show them to your kids, no matter what age, really. I think there's no gore, there's no violence. It's more like action. Yeah. There's no foul language. There's no, you know, subplot of romance and sex or anything like that. It's just like this one starts off, boom, here's the story, mm-hmm. and as soon as it ends, boom, the movie's over. Yeah. It doesn't plot along after that. There's no, you know, slow build up to get to where we need to be for the story. Mm-hmm. It's boom from start to finish. It's a fun little ride. Indeed. So definitely check this out if you haven't seen it. If it's been a while since you've seen it, watch it again. You know, and uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you thought. You can do it at the Phantasmo email, which is phantasmoad at gmail.com. All one word, phantasmode at gmail.com. Or... Uh, if it's easier for you, the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. Throw a yep. comment on that. I'll definitely be putting up as many pictures and poster art and all kinds of cool stuff that I can find up on the page along with the trailer and such. Uh, be checking on that. Right on. Well, Rob, would you like to do the very fast Planet of the Apes reference <laughs> and then we can do a real one? Yeah, okay. Uh, do I need to say why we do this again? No, you don't need to. I'll say it anyway. <laughs> In case this is your first time listening, we always play this game at the end of the movie. End of the movie? End of the movie. At the end of the podcast. (laughs) Well, we just finished watching the movie, so yeah. Anyway, my buddy Clayton and I have discovered many, many, many years ago that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes, and we can connect in a series of steps anybody or anything back to Planet of the Apes, much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but we started this long before that game ever happened. So we try at the end of each episode here, Phyllis will pick somebody or something out of the movie that that we're talking about, and I will connect them back to Planet of the Apes. The yeah. quickest one is James Whitmore was a speaker on the trial in Planet of the Apes. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but James Whitmore aside. Yes. We're not going to use somebody that was actually in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Whoever it was, they were in them with James Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> you were not doing that. Cheater. No, no, no. See, I want to use James Arnest, but he was on. Shallard. It was like twenty million years of 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 television, so <laughs> it should be everybody can go there. Okay, you want James Arnest? I won't go television. I'll go movies. How about that? Okay, all right. Let's do James Arnest. You want James Arnest? Yes. Okay, James Arnest. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be quick. <laughs> Still, of course, was in the thing uh, around the world with Kenneth Toby. Okay. Kenneth Toby was in a movie called Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. <laughs> Uncredited at the very beginning of that movie, Roddy McDowell. That's still so fast. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. How about, okay, you want another, uh, you want another one? You know, uh, how about Edmund Gwynn, Santa Claus, Miracle 34th Street? Yes. Santa, okay. Edmund Gwynn was in Lassie Come Home with Roddy McDowell. <laughs> Well, everybody could go to Planet of the Apes <laughs> from this movie, apparently. Okay, fine. You have proven that them is definitely related to Planet of the yeah. Apes by everybody. 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 Yeah. Well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Alrighty then. I guess that's all we got. <laughs> that's about all I got. It's a it's a fun movie. Give it a watch and uh, enjoy it. Get some popcorn and have a good time. Yes. And like every good atomic film... You should end with a message. 
Oh, yeah, the quote at the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. So I will end yeah, with yeah, a message. Put, put that in here. Pat, if these monsters got started as a result of the first atomic bomb in 1945, what about all the others that have been exploded since then? I don't know. Nobody knows, Robert. When man entered the atomic age, he opened a door into a new world. What we'll eventually find in that new world, nobody can predict. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.